In Acts chapter 3, verse 1, take a seat, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple. They were going to church. Listen to this. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. They were going to prayer meeting in the middle of the week. Fancy that. Not on a Sunday. They were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon to be exact. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. Where was he sitting? At the front of the church steps. Who's coming into church? People that are believing. People that have got faith, that have got hope, are going into church. And where was this man going? Every day he was going to the same spot, the Bible says, put in front of this gate. And when Peter and John were about to enter, just like every other Christian had entered that place over and over and over time, 38 years, come on church, that is a long time to be doing the exact same thing every single day. He then asked them for money because that's what he was used to doing. See, the man went to the same spot because there was something happening there every time that people would give him money. Christians would give him money because we're known to be grateful and giving people. So that's why he said, no, no, he could have gone down the road. He could have gone down the other side of the town. But no, every day he asked, could someone pick me up and take me to the the gates of the church and let me sit there? And then with arms, he came up and... When Peter and John were about to enter, he asked them for money because that's what he did. When Peter looked straight at him, as did John, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get money because that's what every other Christian had ever done. Expecting to get something from them because Christians are giving people, Christians are good people. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold. I don't have that. But what I do have, I will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Take him by the right hand. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. You and I will continue to do this every day of our life. If you and I don't begin to see that we serve a supernatural God, that you have got enough money, but what people are needing is not just money. They said to him, you got money and it didn't change your situation yesterday, did it? You got money last week and it didn't change your situation Yes, the week after. You've been sitting here since last year and you got money and you still didn't change your situation. But what I have, ICC, what we have is we have Jesus Christ living in us that says if you will ask for the impossible, I will give you the impossible. If you believe with the faith that God can do all things, you can do all things. Come on, give me a mighty amen this morning. God says you are worth everything I went through. When He went on the cross, He said, you are worth it. That you and I would not just go and sit and be kind and happy people, but when we would walk into the room, when we'd walk into the hospitals, when we walk into the universities, they have a knowing that there's someone that's walked in that has got great importance upon their life. And it's not because of my name, but it's because the presence that I bring into that room. It's the anointing that I come into that room. I take it into the hospitals. I can take it in when you walk in. The atmosphere needs to shift. When you walk in to any environment, the atmosphere
atmosphere needs to shift. You know what that story shows me? Morella, the building has nothing to do with it. Because that man sat exactly out the front of the church. And the building had nothing to do with it. He never changed him. What changed him was two men of God that spoke the reality and the truth of what God is. They spoke the truth and they said, we don't have what you need. We've got something bigger. We've got something greater. What happened on that day that was different to any other day was that he encountered Christians that knew and used the authority that God had given them. Because the Bible says to me, Morella, I have given you authority to tell your body you're going to go to sleep now and you don't need social media and you don't need an extra oil to do that. That's what the Bible says, that I can expect that I will rest. Come on, ICC. Whatever you put on your fast, the only difference that is going to happen this fast to every other fast that we've ever done is at this time we're going to keep going with an authority that we just didn't have at the beginning of 2020. Can someone give me a mighty amen? We're going to walk saying, you know what? I don't know how this is going to change. I don't know how this is going to look different. But what I do know is that when I got baptised with the Holy Spirit, when I gave my heart to Christ, something came inside of me and I've got a faith level that tells me to keep hoping, that keeps holding it on. I don't know how it's going to change but there's a faith inside of me to the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior he said I give you all authority you've got it all now so you need to just use it you need to begin to use it we can't give something that we don't possess so this morning I have to come to give you a, a light bulb moment. You already possess it. The reason you came to church means you possess it. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you know Him, if you don't even know Him and you've just started this journey, you still got authority. This is not a work situation. You've got to be good enough or better enough. This is it. Jesus died once and once for all. And He said, for as long as you will accept me as your Lord and Saviour, you have everything I've got. It. Silver and gold I do not have, but silver and gold has not changed you. It hasn't made a difference to your situation. It's time that you get a breakthrough. That's what they were looking at him and saying. It's time you get a breakthrough. Because otherwise, if I give you money, you'll just be back here tomorrow. But I want you to get a breakthrough. I want you to break the stronghold that is in your life right now. That's all John and Peter did is they saw Him. And do you know what? They would have seen Him over and over because every day the same man at the same point, they would have seen Him and they would have probably gone, you know what, time, enough is enough. And I wonder how long are we going to stand up and go, enough is enough. I'm ready to see my miracle. I'm ready to see my breakthrough. When is a person that you're sitting with going, actually, would you breathe enough faith into me to speak the truth? I could give you money, but it's only going to fix the next 24 hours. Or I could speak in authority and it would release you from sitting here ever again. What they were operating was a freedom that would release him from that position. What you have is an authority that will break every chain and every bondage. What we have is an authority that will deliver you from your physical, emotional and mental pain. What you have is an authority to speak life that has robbed you and declared life and purpose of you, that has robbed you with a sadness and brokenness. Today's a day where you need to stand up and say, actually, 
I'm going to live with a purpose and a destiny. I'm not on this life just to do a day. I'm not on this life just to do a degree. I'm on this life because after this degree, I'm going to meet some people that they don't know it yet, but they need to meet me and they're going to need to know me because I'm going to change the way they're living. I'm going to release a breakthrough in their life. People that we are going to meet right now have no idea that you and I are about to walk into their life. But we have the authority. There are so many like these people sitting in your life. Are we able after this fast to go, you know what? I don't want to just change your situation. I want to break your situation. Because otherwise you'll keep coming back and you'll keep going on that roller coaster and you'll keep going through depression and that anxiety will come when the next storm comes. But I want to break you and I want to deliver for you. I want you to get up from this situation that you'll never come back to this point again. This fast is to break us from ever going back to the place that didn't change us. So the enemy was happy for him to go, even sit near the church because he's not intimidated with Christians. He's intimidated with people who will use the authority that God gave them. That's what scares him. But he knows that the churches are filled with people that are happy to do normal services. Come on, the clock tells me when I can start and when I can't start. But the Holy Spirit fell and the people that were in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell, they thought that they couldn't understand anything. Everything was screwed up. But we're here in the 21st century with everything and a clock determines when we can start and when we can stop. But I'm telling you, if we go up the road, only 100 metres up the road, to someone who's sitting there with their final breath at their hands, would they care about what that clock is saying? See, the enemy wants you to believe you've fasted before, you've prayed for this before and nothing's changed. He wants you to believe that you've done this, that it can happen for someone else, but maybe not for you. And do you know what? I stand here on this pulpit this morning and I have fasted the similar thing every single year. And this year, I must tell you, I struggled with what I had to put on there because I was like, I'm not going there anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. And the Holy Spirit led to me that scripture in Matthew chapter 17 when he actually spoke about fasting. In Matthew chapter 17, and when they'd come to the multitude, a man came to him kneeling down to Jesus' feet and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall you bear with me, with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and he came out of him. And the child was cured that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. I like this. Let the multitude go away. Hey, Jesus, come here. And said, why couldn't we cast it out? And do you know what I love? The fact that they actually felt that they could go to, listen, you can go to Jesus. Say, listen, I've seen you do this before. Why is it not happening now? I've fasted for this before, but I haven't seen any. Jesus said to them, 
because of your unbelief. For as surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and go there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, I want to just give you a moment. There were nine disciples there. When they went to Jesus and they asked Him, Jesus, why could we not do it? It means that they'd done it before. They had actually laid hands on the sick and seen them healed. They'd actually gone and cast out other demons. So they had done it multiple times before. Why they went to Jesus and said, why couldn't we do it this time? What was different this time? What happened this time that we couldn't do it? And Jesus took the opportunity to speak. See, it's always something. For the supernatural to take place, you need to take your faith where it has never been before. Just because it happened to the person next door doesn't mean it's just going to happen to you the exact same way. So Jesus took an opportunity and said, listen to me, boys. Don't make this a common error that you just think you can do it. You always need to invite the Holy Spirit and you always need to speak in the name of Jesus. You always need to come with the authority that I've given you. You always need to come with a faith level that this is the first person you've ever prayed for. Don't just treat it like, oh, I've seen this all done before. Every person is worth every fight that you're gonna go with. Every person is worth every fight you're ready to fight with. The enemy wants you to think, don't worry about praying anymore. Don't worry about fasting anymore. No, Jesus is saying here, come on, you can keep going and you know what? Add fasting if it hasn't moved. That's what He was saying. It hasn't moved, then you go add fasting to it and you tell that mountain to move. If prayer hasn't worked, then you follow it, back it up with fasting. You tell your buddy, guess what buddy? You're on 24 hour hold right now because I'm going to push into a place that I didn't push in the first time. I'm going to take myself as a church. We're going somewhere in 30 days where we're saying, you don't understand it. This mountain needs to move from here and it needs to go there. By the end of the 30 days, who is going to confess that a miracle is going to happen within the next 30 days because there's been an encounter with the Holy Spirit that wasn't there last year when we prayed. We've been doing church for a long time. But the fast will push it over the cliff. So Jesus took that opportunity and said, it was your faith. So your faith always has to carry it to the next level. You have to have faith. You need to push this to the next level. It isn't what you said or did, boys. It was your faith. So no matter how many times or no matter how, many, how much you've done it, you need to keep lifting your faith level up to the point until you see that mountain moved. You need to keep going. Some of us are exhausted. Well, I'm here to tell you, just keep going. Because you might be just around the corner from your next breakthrough. You might be just around the corner from breaking that generational curse. Do not know what the enemy knows. The enemy has no idea either. That's why he keeps pushing you down because he's on edge thinking maybe this next 24 hours, if she gets a revelation and she pushes me off the cliff, then I'm done. So he'll just keep going. Just hold on to the faith you've got. No, but God is saying, Jesus is saying, no boys, push it with fasting. Push it over the cliff with the fasting. You take this with fasting and then you go cast out the demons. 
take it to the next level, church. Peter and John spoke to the, directly to the situation. They spoke with the authority and faith spoke to the sickness. And that's what made him get up. They speak with faith. They spoke with authority. And the fact that he was sitting so close to the church means he had faith. They had the name of Jesus and they used it. Let me tell you what the Word of God says in Matthew 18, 18. It says, I tell you, these are the words of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He says, if you say it, I will release it. So that's why you need your fasting pack and say, God, I confess, I declare, I decree, I'm going to see inner healing in the name of Jesus. It's turning my situation. I don't care how long I've been doing this routine. I don't care how long I've been praying the same prayer. I'm pushing it with faith and fasting this time. And I'm going to see the mountain move. Acts 3.16, it says, by faith. In the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made well. It is Jesus' name and that faith that comes through Him that has made Him healed as all you can see. John 16, 23 says this. This is what the Bible says. That's when John Bevere was saying, it's not about just reading the Bible once and twice. It's when you get to that fourth pit, something happens within our brain cells and it starts to speak to our brain cells. And he said that when you do the Word of God four times in a week, just not a day, in a week, that's all it takes. And our faith goes to a place that it's never gone in the other previous. Come on, did you hear that? He was saying divorces are breaking, alcoholism is breaking, drugs are breaking just by reading the Word of God four times. That's how powerful it is. That is a statistics. That's science. Hmm. I've met a scientist this week, that's all. John 16, 23 tells me to confess that in the name you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you haven't asked for it in my name. Ask and you will receive and complete joy will be yours. Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. At the mention of His name, everything will bow. Can someone give me a mighty amen? I don't have silver or gold. I have the name of Jesus Christ. And everything that you're carrying from today on is going to bow to that name. You know what? The biggest thing when I tell people, just pray. But I don't want to bring attention to myself. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not like you, Pastor Morella. Excuses. Because you know what God said? It's nothing to do with you anyway. You're just a microphone. He said, I am. I am. I'm the one. See, God knows who He is. When He said to Moses, when Moses said, well, who will I say sent me? He just said, that's not the point. The point is, you know that I am the one who sent you. He will know that I've sent you. See, the Bible says that I am the bread of life, which means 
actually, you don't need anything else. You just need the Word of God. He says, I am the only way. So every other religion will not get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ will get you to heaven. He says, I am the good shepherd, which means He's going to look after you no matter what is happening in your life. He's going to be your protector. He says, I am the door to life. When you are broken and when you are crazy and you've got nothing left of life, God says, come through me. I will give you life. I will give you a reason to live. I will give you a hope to live. He says, I am the water of life. He says, the water that He won't sustain you, but I will give you and quench your thirst that you will know that I am living and I am real. I am the resurrection, which means anything that's dead in your life can come to life. I am the truth because the truth will always set you free. I am the healer that will always tell you your body is under my realm. He said, I don't tell. I don't allow people to tell me who I am. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? See, the story of David and Goliath, we treat that as a big story of a big Bible story. We learn it at kids' church. But let me just give you a quick overview of the story of David and Goliath. See, it wasn't just about a massive, big, ugly-looking, filthy thing it, and a little boy that went up again. Goliath didn't care who it was. I said, see, he didn't care who it was. Goliath was out to do one through to prove that the people of God did not believe what they were actually saying and standing for. Goliath went out and intimidated and nobody spoke to that intimidation. He came up and he ridiculed their God and nobody did anything. All Goliath was trying to do is like, I know who I am. I'm stronger than you. I'm bigger than you. And I can flatten you. Come on. And the men of God just were like, so all Goliath was doing with his words, because he never touched them. See, you don't believe in that God that you're saying. Out of these four walls, do you really believe that God can do all things? Out of these four walls, do you believe that if you pray for that person, they are going to be made healed? Do you believe it? Because all Goliath was trying to get them to do was to actually believe what they were always saying. I know you are the people of God. I know you're an army of God. You say that your God is great. You say that your God is mighty. You say that your God is invincible. But then when I push you, you freak. He was out to prove. You say that your God is this. You say that your God is that. But with a little intimidation, you all crumble at the sound of my voice. You don't even believe it. But I'm here to declare over ICC that every time a Goliath will present itself in any one of our lives in 2020, we will speak to it with the spirit of David that comes upon us. Because what David did, as he heard the voice of intimidation, he went to the battle and he said, you come against me with swords and spears and javelins, but I will come against you in the name of the Lord. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. It's the name of Jesus. It's not about you. It's about the God that you serve. The cancer's trying to tell you, you don't believe in that God. You don't believe that your God's strong enough to move it. Yes, I do. I'm going to lay hands where that cancer is and I'm going to say, you can shrivel. And if you don't shrivel, my God is still going to have victory over it. I'm going to see a healing over my body. Come on. I see, it says that in the name of Jesus, I can expect the mountain to be shifted and I can tell it where to go. The Bible says that you tell it to move from here, where? 
I feel like God said, wait, wait, where do you want it to go? Oh, I want you to go over there. Where do you want it to go? You've got to speak it. Because the Bible says that whatever you loose will be loosed on heaven and on earth. Everything that hell throws at you will bow at the mention of His name. The word cancer, its definition is an invasive growth or tumour. It will spread and destructively kill a person. It has been given the name cancer, but His name is above every name and the name cancer needs to bow to the name of Jesus. When it comes in conflict with us, the word leukemia, its definition is cancer of the bone marrow with increased exposure to infection and blood clotting, which will then cause tumours to grow. It has been given the name of leukemia, but His name is above every name and that name needs to bow to the name of Jesus. Divorce is a legal declaration that releases a husband and a wife from all marital obligations. It's been called and defined as divorce. That's its name. But the Bible told me that His name is above every name. So I call divorce and I call it broken in the name of Jesus. You may have seen nothing but divorce in your family, but it stops with you if you're willing to use your authority in the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you.